Welcome to QC Brief. I'm here with Michael Forian. This is the segment of the Backstage Podcast that he proposed, he created, where we talk to you about the campaign that is ongoing here in Quebec uh, and that will end on the 3rd of October. Uh, this happens twice a week, Monday and Thursday. We give you uh, a brief, a little briefing of uh, what's going on in the campaign, where we're at at the moment. Um, and yeah, so here we are. Mike, how's it going, buddy? Happy Labor Day Monday. Happy Labor Day to everyone listening today in Canada. Uh, and around the world. And, and all, around the world, yeah. All ships at sea, boots on the ground, wherever you're listening to and wherever we're broadcasting from. Everyone everyone is relaxing today, except for except the us. <laughs> yeah, except. And the party leaders, apparently. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I've got two party leaders in, uh, in Hull today, where I am, in Gatineau. Oh, cool. There you go. Yeah. I've got uh, Legault will be coming uh, into Hall later this afternoon. Uh, Gabrielle Dubois of Quebec Solidaire will be coming in uh, this morning as well. They're going to be doing some campaign stops in and around the Udaway region. Nice. Very so nice. I feel imp- I feel important and relevant in this. There, there uh, you this go. <laughs> and engaged. Uh, we're going to talk today mostly about the debate that happened yesterday, the first one in this campaign. Not really a debate. I mean, we're calling it a debate, but it's not really a debate. It's, um, I don't know how would you call it. It was. It's just a presentation. It's each leader of the party uh, kind of uh, one-on-one with the media. There's three, uh, um, uh, there's three uh, uh, reporters. Oh. There's Patrice Roy, Céline Galipo, and Anne-Marie Dussault from uh, Radio Canada. Uh, and they take turns each with one um, uh, one leader, and they just direct their questions at them. Um, I don't really mind the format. They, they 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 did it for the first time, I think, last year during the federal election or the year before 2019. I can't remember, but it's very recent. Um, I don't mind it. Uh, of course, I don't like the fact that the other party leaders can't really interject or comment on you know and have an actual debate. But it's an opportunity just to have this direct access to each leader and just bombard them with their questions uh, because you don't normally get that during the campaign, right? I mean, there's a bus of journalists following them. They have different things that right. they want to uh, touch upon. And you don't really get this one-on-one with the um, with uh, with the leaders of the party. So I, I don't really mind it. Yeah, I mean, it's again, it's it's this interview style uh, that you know Radio Can really wanted to push on. It's a type of format which, like you said, um, you know, they they take each leader one by one, they drill them, um, and and it was a popular debate style that uh, that they did in the last federal election, and and they even said on air, like you know, viewers liked it so much, we're bringing it back this time around for the for the Quebec election. So it, it worked out well. And um, and like they said, you know, they 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 try to temper expectations when people um, were watching at the very beginning by saying this is not the real debate. And we yeah. want people to know that uh, that's going to be September 22nd. And you now have an opportunity to be introduced to each of the party leaders and, and to get uh, that perspective there from them. So I, th- I thought it was I think it's it's good. I think it's 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 good for those that are starting off at the beginning. Um, Legault and, and Anglade were, were lucky just by the by the draw that hats um, by the luck of the draw in itself that they were able to go first because I feel that um, you know starting at the 8 p.m. hour very quickly people are going to be turning it off yeah. um, after after 20 30 minutes uh, people I, it's only weird people like us that watch the full two hours yeah <laughs> so mo- most people have lives um, and and bedtimes so in any case um, yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, so so let's talk a little bit about that. We'll take uh, we'll take one each one individually. So the, the the good thing about this format is that we could do this, right? Because yeah. they each came in individually. So we're just going to comment a little bit about how they performed um, and the questions that were asked and all that stuff. But I do agree with you. Uh, people tune off really quickly. So it sucks for the people that came at the end. So for the PQ leader and the Rick Zuem, uh, I don't know if many stayed up to watch it. Um, but yeah, let's start from the beginning. So Legault came in first. What were um, what were your thoughts? Yeah, so I, th- I think he was, you know, pr- heavily prepositioning himself. Um, you know, we made we we made promises in 2018. We've kept our engagements going forward, and and we're we're running on our mandate, which is a risky thing to do when you run on your when you're when you're a political leader uh, when you're running on your mandate because uh, sometimes voters are looking for new ideas. Um, they're looking for for proposals. They're looking to see what else you can bring to the table rather than just, you know, running on what you uh, were able to run on last time. Um, you know, big topics for him were Bill 21, the Troisième Lien in Quebec City and Levy. Um, and he's using this the way that he, you know, the host prepositioned this as they were going into the interview itself was, you know, whether this was a referendum on Legault's performance during COVID-19, but also as a referendum on Bill 96 and Bill 21. Um, they they wanted to, um, you know, mix uh, the French language debates, um, the decline of French, whether there's a decline of French, um, which obviously Mr. Legault and, his, and the CAC do agree that there is in Quebec, um, but also bringing in things that are, I would say, more at the front of mind for a lot of Quebecers like inflation. And and he wanted to be um, l'homme de la situation, the man in charge saying, hey, listen, we're sending you checks. We're making things easier for you as times are tough. Um, even though a lot of people, a lot of his attractors would argue that him sending out, you know, 400, 500, 600 dollar checks are adding to inflation rather than relieving it. Um, he he want Lego is, is a man that's very results oriented and, and he wanted to be the man in charge. The first question that they asked that the host asked every single one of the leaders was um, the question of security. Um, you know, issues and, and threats against um, elected officials and candidates, you know, in particular, what happened to Marisky. Uh, the uh, MA for Saint Laurent. Uh, you know, we spoke about her in the last pod about, uh, you know, the attacks that she had been getting. Um, and, and I'm, you know, if you want to understand that, you're more than welcome to listen to the last pod. But um, by and large, um, I, I think that he did poor, especially opening up and talking about uh, a, a female elected leader who is, is a victim of these attacks. And, you know, by and large, whether you agree with Marwa on her positions or not, um, you feel sympathy. If you're a yeah. normal human being, you feel sympathy. And when he was asked about what he thought, <clears throat> he said, well, these things happened to me too as premier. And it reminded me how Pierre Poitiev responded to uh, when he was asked about threats against Christian Freeland. Freeland yeah. She was in Grand Prairie, Alberta, um, and she was called terrible, terrible things by this big burly guy um, in Grand Prairie, he said, well, it's, it's terrible, but you know, you should see some of the stuff too, that I have to go through on the campaign trail too. And it's like, guys, it's not about you. Yeah. What it make it, make it less about you just for 30 seconds and say, wow, this was tragic. This is the response it should have been. 
I really feel I, I sympathize with what happened to Miss Risky. I, I feel terrible about what happened. My, my thoughts are with her and with her family and friends and with her staff um, that have had to deal with the, the consequences um, of this, this man's actions. Uh, I'm, I'm happy that police are investigating. They, they've responded. They've arrested the, the, the suspect. And, uh, and I hope that the investigation continues. And I hope this man is brought to justice. Yeah. That is the proper response that you give to something like this. Making it about you is what pisses everybody watching at home, whether they already support you whether they don't um and then bringing in well with social media the you know the, the this is what, what what's happening these days and and so it's par for the course for elected officials bullshit response doesn't make you empathetic doesn't make it doesn't make you sympathetic um and and then the host really went back at him and said well you know what could this also be a mix between uh it was covid measures what you brought in over the course of the pandemic um, he threw back saying, you know, I'm, I'm making a call to all Quebecers to be peaceful in their political expression. Yeah. I, I just don't, I don't think that he, I think for his opening line, it was, it was a pretty poor response from Lego. Yeah, I agree with you. And, and I like the fact that they asked that first question, same question to all yeah. uh, candidates. It was a way for them to, uh, on their behalf as Radio Canada, to reiterate the fact that this is ridiculous and it has to stop. The good thing is that every single leader came out and denounced it. They all made their little videos and it, it's good. And then I, I like that. I like that about them. They just kind of had to remind everyone and they gave the leaders each another opportunity to address the issue and to denounce uh, what's going on. And I do agree with you. Legault should have been a little bit more uh, careful with his answer. Um, but uh, I don't think anyone is going to remember. Uh, I mean, it was such a short question that people I don't think are going to stick to that. No, they yeah. won't. They're they're gonna they're gonna hone in on on what he did promise, and and that was you know eight billion dollars in tax cuts in four years. Um, he he tried, you know, when he when he proposed that, um, and it's obviously somebody he's spoken about uh, in the campaign trail as well. But he was pushing back from from the host. They were saying like, you know, well, don't we have to fix our health and social services first and foremost? Uh, but but Lego went back and said, but inflation's killing us, and 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 the best one of the best ways apart from sending checks. Um, even though it's not a good way uh, to, to, to fight against inflation is for me to make tax uh, tax cuts yeah. across the board. Um, you know, we, we have to help people now. Our tax rates are too high. We need to give a little bit of wiggle room to taxpayers and, and we can do it while maintaining an, or, or, or increasing our, our, our spending on state programs. So uh, I feel that people wanted more of the meat and potatoes like that. Um, yeah. Another weak moment for him, I think. In general, look, in general, I didn't. Uh, I, I found that he was pretty solid. I mean, Legault is an experienced politician, and he's he he, he you, played it safe. He played it yeah, safe. Yeah, he played it safe, but he usually excels in debates. I remember him even back in 2012, he was very strong. Like he keeps his, uh, you know, it, it, we're, we're used to seeing Legault open his mouth and kind of put his foot in it uh, usually. Uh, but when it comes to debates, he's he's he always stands his ground. He's pretty solid all around. I felt now, um, you, like you mentioned, the, the 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 third link, the the troisième lane between Quebec and yeah. the or whatever the south shore of Quebec. Um, he had a hard time defending the project, uh, and you know they asked him about the reports, and he blamed it on COVID. And we need to, we're going to present the numbers. We have them. We just need to update them. People were working from home. It it was just ah, dude, it doesn't stick. There's big businesses who's you know, employees are working from home that are advancing. This isn't an excuse. Who, who cares if they're working from home or if they're at an office? If you need the the, the, the numbers and the figures, you should be able to have them. Lâchez-moi des GRS. You know, and that, that's going to come back to haunt uh, 
Legault and the CAC over the course of the campaign trail. That's what Bernard Drainville said in his press conference with Legault last week when they were making a, a pretty large platform announcement and Drainville got caught up in, in responding to, you know, whether or not yeah. uh, the Troisième Lien was 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 a project that was, you know, how could you be in favor of the Troisième Lien and also be in favor of the environment at the same time? No, I they're, have, they're contradictory. Yeah. And and I feel that it just gets going to come again and again. I think uh, it will. And I think that moment is probably going to be one moment that's going to stick out in his yeah. entire campaign. Uh, you know, Bernard Denville, I don't know if they're going to have him again if for press conferences, but it feels as though he's still stuck in his uh, radio host mode you know which, where he, where of he course which is crazy because this is an experienced journalist he's an experienced commentator he's he an was experienced politician minister. he he's was the cabinet minister under Paul Merois. i mean he this guy knows what he's doing he or at least he should know what he's doing and he it's it's the arrogance it's the arrogance that's coming out and it is is really hurting when um, he when he cabinet. said that i felt like i was listening to him on the radio still where you know he tries to challenge yeah. whatever interviewee he has he's like, well, and i'm like dude what, you're not on the radio anymore <laughs> and, and it, even towards the end of Legault's interview it, it was asked um by by the by the hosts you know are yeah. you too arrogant yeah. And and it was it was like it was so direct his last question and it really ticked off Lego because he responded Franchement, really yeah. you know the, the 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 and he and he said you know I think it was a good line he was like the pandemic I, I think first off he shouldn't have responded that way but I think that he tried to fix it and said no the pandemic has made me really humble um, but I I just think regarding his entire performance he played it safe but I still. I think I, I think he play, he had to play it safe. His campaign uh, advisors are telling him to play it play it safe because they know that he can get a little bit off topic. He can go. He he has he likes to be free. He likes to say it as it is. And sometimes I guess actually a lot of times I guess him into trouble. You know he was being pushed on on immigration. Um, you know he he was pre be, saying that you know Bill ninety six. Um, you know when he was getting pushed back from that, he's saying immigration is the key. To stopping the decrease of French, you know, fifty percent goal for francophone immigration, um, for fifty percent goal for francophone immigrants under the PQ and PLQ, we want to hit eighty percent of of newcomers coming into Quebec being coming from French speaking countries, being French speaking themselves, um, and then how do you balance that with the demographic uh, challenges of Canada right now in terms of uh, labor shortage? The penalty de la main You you have you know Canada wanting to bring in four hundred thousand plus immigrants every year he only wants to bring in fifty thousand as part of his platform he caught himself in this bit of a weird debate on the number uh, yeah and the journalists caught him too there they're like yeah. are you not putting quebec uh in a disadvantage by yeah. doing so? yeah and and especially we you know we're technically speaking where quebec is supposed to be losing a member of parliament with the reconfiguration of the maps that they do of the electoral districts every yeah. every uh 10 years yeah and we'll Quebec will, you know, Quebec MPs will be fighting to maintain it. This is a, a third rail in a sense of of Quebec politics is is uh, is when it comes to the, the amount of seats, the amount of population. Um, and and he, you know, he caught himself in this weird sort of conversation or this debate with himself where, you know, you you want to only have 50,000 newcomers coming to Quebec, but you also want to maintain the number of seats or increase the number of MP seats in, in, in Ottawa. Like, how why are you strangleholding yourself? This doesn't make any sense. And um, and I felt that some of his his answers were sloppy on that front. Um, do you want to move on to the next one? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I you know I'm glad she she was it was good that she she was able to come in um, right after Legault. I, I felt that it, it made gave her a, a strong position. I think she was generally well re- perceived by the hosts. 
Um, she was able to get her talking points over the finish line. Um, you know, her response, of course, to what was happening with, with Mariski again, wasn't very impressed. Um, she started off well by saying, let's, we, everybody needs to calm down. Um, uh, you know, we, we need to, to be more serene. This needs to be a more serene campaign. And of course she was sending this message to people that are, you know, involved, watching the campaign, observing it and, and having very violent uh, reactions to it uh, online and otherwise. But she said, like, the violence that you're seeing right now um, on the streets of Montreal and Laval also need to be a priority. When she started talking about Marwa, I, and, and you know, just to, to give listeners understanding, like, you know, Marwa Risky uh, was was attempted a run against Dominique Anglade yeah. um, for the leadership of the party. And and there's history between um, Marwa and Dominique and, and maybe a little bit of bad blood, too. I, I felt that when she started talking about Marwa receiving death threats uh, and the hosts were sort of saying, well, you know what, your candidate, she pointed the finger at Eric Zouem and the Conservative Party of Quebec. You do as well, of course. And Anglade sort of threw Risky under the bus. She said, you know, we aren't in a situation where you can say it's the fault of this person or that person. And I felt that, you know, when your candidate, who is a high profile candidate, is is well perceived by the media, knows how to how how to how to work the room um, when when pre- when uh, when journalists are in it, and and you have that kind of response by not backing up your candidate who's going through a really difficult time. I felt that was pretty weak. I think people are going to see that too. I, I, agree, uh, I, I, I yeah, I, I agree with you, Michael. But at the same time, and that was a bit of a tricky question. Just to, for everyone listening or watching, they asked her directly if she agreed with Mara Risky that it's Eric Duhem behind these threats. I don't think or know that it's Eric Duhem. Nobody, nobody knows. I don't think it's him. I don't think he told his team, "Let's do it." But she could have knew he. But he's he's he started because that's what Mara I, I agree with said, you that right? it's not she, him she, directly. She, she, was, she was very blunt about it, she, and she was very direct. She was like, yes, it's him because of his discourse. This is what he has created. This he, is he, he, he created the ground. He he created yeah. the, uh, the 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 ground, not the groundwork. Let's say the. Um, he made he created the environment for something like this to come about and to percolate into existence. And yeah. I think that's I think there's a nuance there that Anglad should have gone for and said, listen to what I report on what he's saying, listen to what he's saying, talk, d- debate what this man is saying, because yeah. he is giving a social license to people to go out there and, and actively participate in violent ways and violent means. And he has to stop. Mm. He cannot keep on doing this. He cannot keep on trying to, to cause this type of discourse um, with, with, within the campaign. And I, and I think that it was a missed opportunity and it didn't, you know, it's funny. I'm glad going around asking her candidates to be loyal to her. If she loses the October 3rd election, she's going around asking for a vow of loyalty. I think this sends a really strong message to other liberal candidates by saying, you know, how how can I trust Anglad if she's not going to back a candidate who's going through one of the worst weeks in, in in their life in their life by the threats that they've been receiving, death threats, and 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 this is not the kind of leadership that I want after October third, especially if she's able if she's not able to retain seats, not able to gain seats, but loses seats. How can I back her if she's not willing to back one of our our fellow colleagues? All right. Right. It, it, I still think that it was a very uh, tricky thing because one of the question was just it was it couldn't have been more direct. Right. It's is is Eric Duhem to blame. And, you know, I, I think she tried to play it safe by not going there, but by not addressing it. It seems that, you know, Mara Risky may not have said the right thing. It, it's like damned if you do, damned if you don't kind of thing. Um, 
I, I don't know how I would answer that question either because you don't want to throw your candidate under the bus, but at the same time, you cannot blame that directly on one uh, on one leader who, by the way, three days in a row, he's been coming out to denounce it, and he's the only leader so far who's volunteers have been stopped well, because he had the onus is on him george i mean he has to he can't just sit there idly and say well you know this is the way the world works um, i know but if you, if you look at it from his perspective he's like look guys i don't know what you're talking about we're the, our, my volunteer got stabbed so i mean how does how's this violence coming from my end kind of thing right because everyone now is thinking are people directing their crowds to do these things they can't think that nobody's nobody's really in charge i don't think i don't think anybody yeah. believes that i don't think anybody believes that eric zuame is is orchestrating any any threats or attacks yeah, that's how I the think. question because that's how the yeah. question was addressed it, it it's as if they asked on glad if she thinks like mara risky that eric zuame is responsible you know yeah. um, it, 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 it was a bit of a low blow question to be honest with you but i mean the journalist and uh i agree with you she could she should have found a better way to um to answer that uh i know that you have more on on glad but i also yeah. want to talk to you I, I think that she got off really lucky yesterday during the debate because yesterday in the morning she presented uh the budget like the the, the costing of her of her budget and she got drilled at the end for a solid 10 15 minutes about the uh, the, the the foundry up in um uh, in oh, no, no. uh on whether or not she knew about these things because she was minister under the government of uh, Couillard uh, and it was that government that allowed that gave the permits to this company uh to run up the levels uh where they are now uh and she threw her environment minister at that time under the bus, Isabelle Melanson. And yeah. she's like, listen, that she's was running for re-election in Verdun, of yeah, course. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's going to be a real tough fight for It's going to be tough for her, too. And uh, there, too, I thought, oh, my gosh, she's getting drilled. She's presenting the costing of her budget. And all they care about is whether or not she knew about the, the levels of arsenic and the, the renewals of the permits happening up in the foundry up in, in Renohanda. And all she's saying that my, my department was not uh, aware I wasn't personally involved and it had to do with the environment part. You know, it's, it's a hot potato for, for all uh, three parties that have governed previously. The PQ is obviously too involved in this. And, and you know, albeit that PSPP doesn't have to really direct, take any direct questions because, again, he has no government experience. He was yeah. never a minister. He was never an MA. But uh, there, there is a history there too with the PQ, the PLQ, of course, as well. Their tenure uh, as like the, you know, the, the longstanding uh, governing party and now the CAC having to deal with the the outcome and with the next steps as well which I think they've completely fumbled and Benoit Charette should not be in the environment portfolio yeah. um, it's, it's the last portfolio of maybe apart from like Bernard Drainville taking it after his GIS comments um, neither of them should be in it of course and, and I can assure you that come October will come two or three weeks after October 3rd if probably when they form government yeah. um, they won't be in that portfolio it's it's been I think the the CAC has really fumbled that big time. Just for just to wrap up on Anglad, um, in terms of some of the stuff that I felt that was important to bring on, you know, she was was really going after um, Legault in terms of his tax cuts. But of course, her part, the PLQ wants to lower taxes too. She was trying to nuance, you know, well, we're going to be prioritizing on on the rich. We're going to be going after the the uh, les paradis fiscaux. Um, and, and again, trying to really run on the track record of the PLQ being the party of the economy and say, you know, we're, we're, we want to fight against this labor shortage. And how do we want to fight? Well, 
Mr. Legault says he wants to protect the French language uh, by using immigration. Well, we want to protect um, our, our economy and, and fight our labor shortage with immigration. And that's going to mean 70,000 immigrants per year, uh, you know, taking taking that into Quebec. We need to regionalize immigration and then bringing in this whole, um, you know, this whole platform that she's really run on. And for the past, since she was lead, uh, came, on, came on as leader of the Quebec Liberals, uh, is the charter of the regions and really giving uh, the regions of the administrative regions of Quebec their right to, uh, you know, have their say at the, at the at the at the at the table about what they want to, what are the priorities for them, allowing them to veto certain things uh, and 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 really give uh, their voice, to, lend their voice to Quebec City and saying yes, no, uh, mm-hmm. we want this, we want that, we this is what we want to prioritize. And she's saying we need to regionalize immigration so that each region can determine what they can afford to take in themselves. And I think also the the big thing for her in terms of language as, you know, the only party that voted against, um, uh, it, sorry, well, well, the PQ the voted against Bill 21, the, oh, you know, 21 the, only, the, only, the only party that, that, that the only major party, I would argue, that voted against Bill 96 um, in terms of having like more than three um, members in, in the, the assembly. She was getting um, a lot of questions on, you know, you you were in the streets with the English community, you know, we're we're only two percent of of North America here in Quebec, but you know, how do you nuance your position as running to be the leader of of, of a French jurisdiction, and, but also catering to the Anglophone community? And 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 she was, I think, she was pretty good. Interesting. Yeah, I think she did well. I think she did yeah. well on that as well. Um, you know, not, she she said uh, the one line I was going to say, I I will not tell young adults whether they're going to be yeah. to, to, that they're forced to go to English or French educational institutions. And I like that. It's like I'm not going to baby you. You're you're not you're not a ward of the state. I'm going to treat you like a human being, and I'm going to treat you with respect. I think I think she did very well on that, uh, and she did uh, pretty well on the immigration front as well. The, presenting that uh, the the charter of the regions and explaining how this new structure is going to have a, a, an important role going forward, which I, I think she presented and defended well. On Bill ninety six, I th- I think she was solid, and that pretty much her battle horse right now because she realized that she cannot lose her base uh, or any support from her base right in Montreal. Uh, That's she all she has left. Uh, at the same time, though, for people that have been following, like if someone tunes in now and listens to her, they're going to be like, oh, okay, cool. At least she's defending, you know, the, the, this whole uh, issue. But for people that have been following this from the very beginning, it's a little strange to see them coming out defending something that they completely botched throughout the entire mandate. They could have been much stronger, uh, I think, uh, in, during the last four years and especially the last year with, you know, with the whole amendment. Uh, it was it was a big mess, uh, Bill ninety six, uh, and the Liberals botched it. They came back. Now they're trying to play it as if you know, no, no, we we, we realized our mistake. We came back to the table, and you know, we're the only ones that voted against it. Uh, the PQ voted against it too, but the PQ voted against it because they didn't think it was strict enough. They, they didn't think it was going yeah. far enough. So, in in all in all, I think she did well. But for the people that have been following, I'm not so sure how convinced. Uh, how convincing she is to uh, to the to the no, uh, and we have honestly we haven't seen much changes in the poll in the poll numbers. They've they've remained pretty steady for both the CAC and and for the Liberals, uh, where they are like circling a little bit under forty percent for uh, the Liberal uh, for the because they wish they had those numbers forty percent for the CAC, eighteen yeah. percent uh, for the Liberals. I mean, like still Legault is still eyeing uh, around a hundred seats or a little bit under a hundred seats. It's it's a massive majority yeah. that he's going to get, and and if if the the numbers uh, continue forward and. 
you know, maybe the only change that we've seen in the past few days is maybe the PQ getting more than one seat, maybe the, the Conservatives getting more than one seat. It's it's not a massive change. It's yeah. it's really uh, that would that would be uh, that would be huge for the PQ, given expectations being so low, and it would be huge for for the Conservatives, seeing that their ex- expectations were were nothing. Yeah. Well, the PQ look, the PQ is is in big trouble because yeah, people are expecting one seat. If you get two, you can't come out celebrating because you still got much less than what you were left with than what you started yeah. with, right? I mean, they're what at seven now, seven or eight seats. Well, having to kick people out of caucus for certain investigations that were oh, going yeah. on. Lebel um, left, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can't remember how many there are, but whatever. They're, they're obviously less than 10. Uh, so anything under that is still a bad result. Uh, and I, I just feel like it's so embarrassing when, you know, if they come up with one, with two, three, which I doubt, but assume, you know, hypothetically, they get three. If Paul Saint Pierre Palamadon comes out celebrating, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's yeah. just ridiculous, you know. Uh, are we done with Anglad? I think we are. And let's let's yeah. move over to Gabriel Le Dubois. Yeah, he was representing uh, Quebec City last night. Uh, and of course, they've got the two uh, parole, the two spokesperson system. Um, but if under their system for Quebec City um, it would be GND, not Manon Massé, who would become uh, prime premier of Quebec if uh, if Gabriel Le Dubois was to uh, and, and the Quebec City were able to uh, secure a majority of seats, a plurality of seats inside of the uh, National Assembly, I, that is not likely, of course. Yeah. Uh, again, immigration and and the number of immigration that they were trying to hit on uh, was was a big was a big part of the uh, of the of, the, of his interview. Again, not debate his interview last night. They want to hit somewhere between sixty and eighty thousand. Uh, for for immigrants, which is which is big, it's it's a big number. Uh, it, that's contrary to the the fifty thousand uh, that the CAC was proposing. And and GND, what I liked is that he 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 really did go after the 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 little politics that petit politique um, with immigration. And and I felt that he he which he he was able to really nuance and say there's a lot of prejudice when we talk about immigrants, and and it's wrong that we do that. Um, you know, he he promised to create a committee on on immigration capacity for Quebec. Uh, again, regionalized immigration, which I think was really taking from uh, the uh, you know the approach that Anglade has taken yeah, uh, in terms of I regionalizing agree. it, and, and we need to get more uh, newcomers going into the regions um, and to do better in regards to, to francisation, uh, the learning of the French language in, in in the workplace, and and how you know that that's really important from that perspective. He also uh, you know promised to um, you know do this buyback program for housing, um, given that the speculation of housing um, and speculators have really messed up the market over the course of the past few years, and that he would create this this special um, uh, you know fund administered by the uh, Société d'Habitation du Québec, the SHQ, uh, where uh, they would be able to do a buyback program on, on that front. And I think he was pretty, again, they, they are always able to be uh, the strongest when it comes to environment. Of course, they their prospects of, of winning um, you know, government are, are low, so it gives you more freedom in terms of what you can promise, what you can say, but they're authentic. And I think he was authentic last night when he was saying that, you know, he wanted to make $29 billion investment in terms of fighting climate change, uh, if necessary. Um, and that he looked at this as, as the, you know, the greatest, uh, challenge since the, 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 the quiet revolution. And, uh, so I, I, I felt that to be very interesting. I felt that to be very interesting. He was pushed a, a lot in, in, in terms of his, um, you know, his wish to restrict uh, firearms uh, from yeah. these officers. Yeah, because they and, removed that. They removed that from the program. 
Yeah, exactly. And, and he's gotten a lot of blowback from members uh, of, of, of Quebec Solidaire. And, and the, you know, the flip-flopping on this hasn't, uh, has not been boding well for him or for Manon Massé between the party members and their candidates. So it, it's been difficult from that, from that sense there. Uh, but I think overall, good performance. Uh, he stuck to his key messaging. He came out looking really well. He, it was for a lot of people, it was the first time that he was uh, being introduced as the uh, leader of Quebec Solidaire to, uh, I guess, reintroduce to a certain extent yeah. because people remember uh, Nadeau Dubois from 2012 from the student crisis. And uh, I think that people really appreciated being able to see him again last night. Again, I adamantly um, disagree with him on on so many things, but I think in terms of comms and messaging, he he really did a, a great job. I, I agree with you. I agree with 100%. And there's two things that I, I think for a rare time, if not the only time, they addressed during an election. One, his past as, uh, you know, this revolutionary kid who was against, uh, uh, for those who remember, he was the only student leader that did not want to uh, con um, uh, to condemn violence and uh, yeah. uh, the the vandalisms. Remember, he didn't, he just didn't want to. Uh, Whereas you had, like, you had Léo Bureau-Bluin, uh, who was the head of the FEC, the CEGEPS, yeah. uh, and then you had the, the head of the FEC, Martin Desjardins, who they did, and and they and and they both ended up running for the PQ. Only Leo ended up winning, mm. and only for one term. I yeah. remind you, and uh, so that that was the first time that they publicly just pinpointed and say, "Listen, this is who you were. Uh, who are you now? Who are you now?" And he did a great job at just confronting it and saying, "Listen, I was twenty years old. I'm thirty two. Obviously, things have changed and I've matured because this was all linked to his whole position on defunding the police and yeah. and uh, disarming the police as well. And he, you know, he was very honest and said, listen, it was in our platform, but given the reality, we had to scrap it. We realized that it, it just doesn't work now. Right. Um, so I, I like that about him. The other thing that we don't hear that often, especially during campaign, uh, is the fact that Quebec Solidaire is a, a is a party that is uh, in favor of separation of of, of independence, um, and we don't we never used to get that in other campaigns. It kind of flew below the radar. Yeah, this time around they questioned him, and he actually gave a timeline and how they you know in the first mandate they were going to separate, uh, and first they were going to do a um, une assemblée there, whatever they call it, uh, to to figure out exactly how it's going to be and what we need. And by the end of that first mandate, we would go to a referendum. I've never heard that before. We're going to uh, do a assembly to figure out what we're doing. What are we doing? Yeah. We have no idea. How, yeah, what for, uh, what was it in, in Assemblée Constitutionnelle? I can't remember what the, the term was, but... That was it. it was, and, and anyway, but I, I one thing that I think is important that he brought in was like, you know, one thing that a lot of sovereignist leaders in the past, uh, and again, this is because political leaders by and large, no matter if they're a federalist or sovereignist, overlooked them was was overlooking indigenous peoples. And he talked about like a new nation, a nation path with indigenous peoples. This would be core and without it, we wouldn't be able to proceed. We would need yeah. something like that. And, and I like his perspective in terms of saying, you know what, indigenous peoples are not this monolith. Um, there, there, there are several different nations, several different communities, and and they would need to be consulted, and, and there would need to be an agreement with them as well, yeah. uh, if we were to go forward with this. But I think overall he did pretty well. Yeah, uh, Paul Saint Pierre Plamondon from the PQ. Yeah, I, I again, I don't like his style. Um, I don't like the way that he comes off. Um, I've got nothing against the guy. I, I've never met him in my life. I don't. 
I don't have any uh, plans to meet him. Uh, but in any case, I just I felt that he um, I just don't like his style. I, I think he comes off very academic, um, almost like um, like a professor. Um, uh, and and he you know dressed up as a as a bank clerk. Um, and I and I just don't. I'm not a fan. Um, I think he's getting caught up in, he's, he's had some good press the past few days. I'll give him this, you know, having put in Merlois come onto the campaign trail. Um, he's had some really good, um, uh, he's had some really good campaign events where he was able to get uh, quite a few uh, people out to, to his events and the crowds look great. They, they really look great on, on TV, but uh, I, I feel that, you know, being pushed on the question of independence um, and, and, uh, you know the the whole question of sovereignty. It, it really takes away from the ideas that he could that the PQ could bring to the table. Uh, you know, having to refute the idea of of you know the the, the um, you know he was like he, he was refuting the idea that um, this this election was the, the last chance for the PQ. I think again, it really took away from him being able to speak about the platform. He 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 taught. He said, you know, c'est l'élection de l'espoir. Mm. Um, and and it's but it, for me, it's not a more instead of hope. It sounded like you know it's the election of desperation. Yeah. Um, because we're, we're we're scrambling right now to stay alive. The PLQ is, by the way, too. Let's, yeah. let's not be wrong and 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 cast stones um, uh, without without taking that into consideration. Um, but uh, you know his his role as as leader of the PQ, I think, is 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 definitely on the line as well. Um, and and I think that you know the the departs the the leaving of of sovereignists like Bernard Drinville, like Caroline Saint Hilaire, who are now running for the CAC. These were strong sovereignists. These were people that were part of the PQ, that were part of the Bloc Québécois. Yeah. Um, and and for, he's he's announcing these 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 you know both both those candidates as a. Uh, as as uh, candidates that are you know they're they're, they're not staying win. true to, yeah they're not staying true to their values they are yeah and yeah. and they, and and they're 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 hiding what what they really believe in um what they really think uh, and that's a heavy accusation I I, I think um, but in terms of topics that he, I think that he you know was able to speak on and get his point across was in the you know, Bill one hundred and one in Cegeps uh, the CAC not going far enough in regards to French language. Bill 96 not being as strong enough, um, investing uh, $3 billion into home care, uh, which is a, is, a, is a really important topic post-COVID and was a, obviously was an important topic before COVID too. Uh, you know, uh, you know, doubling uh, the um, the amount of money that goes to uh, the co collective transport, uh, public transit. Uh, and, and, and again, uh, you know, it, but, you know, one thing, uh, one thing that I felt that he, you know, that he sort of deviated and, and was drawing a, a line in the uh, in the sand was uh, in, in regards to larger vehicles, which is, there's a tax that the Quebec Solidaire is proposing to put in place by 2027 is to put a, a, a heavy tax on heavy vehicles. And the PQ leader, PSPP, distanced himself completely from that, saying, no, we're not going to go that far. Um, there might be some environmentalists in his party that are not going to be too happy with him this morning. Yeah. Yeah. Um... The other the other point um, where I don't know if it's gonna if, if it's gonna you know uh, be an advantage for him or not during the campaign is that he's he has distinguished himself and his party from the rest by uh, claiming how irresponsible it is to to, um, to 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 cut taxes. So he that's one of his main things. Like we will not be cutting taxes. It is irresponsible. We need that money. If you know we don't, we don't want to be going back into the same cycle where we're going to head into austerity measures to correct these things from cutting taxes, right? Um, and I find that very interesting. I, I just don't know if it's going to stick, and I don't know if it's going to um, to be an advantage for him at all. 
during the campaign. But uh, I think it's important to mention he's the only one that is coming out and saying that every other party is completely irresponsible by wanting to cut taxes. Um, it's not what we want to do. Yeah. Uh, and I, I agree with you that the, the sad thing about his it's not his performance he he was okay it's just that the whole interview took kind of a note as though they pitied him you know <laughs> it, it was like so what are you gonna do okay this is is this the end there was this whole aura yeah. of it's okay you know don't worry about it you know uh what are you gonna do uh you're only gonna be one uh like there was this whole kind of atmosphere that i felt was kind of directed towards the fact that the pq is going to be dismantled completely you know george I've, I've never been a fan of televised funerals yeah. so you know watching this live on air last night was was pretty depressing and pretty sad from that perspective yeah. but at the same time somebody's got to do it somebody's yeah. got to leave the tq they still exist uh will they exist post october 3rd maybe for a little while uh maybe not at all uh will they be completely consumed by the cac which they've done a very good job in terms of eating up their seats mm -hmm. recruiting a lot of their former members we'll see Let's move on to the last one, Eric. Aha. Mr. Zuam. Uh, I I like I I liked his performance. I honestly, Eric Zuam is very solid. The the thing that I, I think is going to come back as a boomerang, especially for the media I'm talking about, is that they all seem to be ganging up on him. They are swallowing every spin that all his opposition is throwing out there against them. The media is just grabbing that right away and just spitting it right out to Eric Duhem. What are you going to do with this? Like everything you see the parties bringing out against Eric Duhem, the media is grabbing it and they're yeah. confronting him about it. Um, you know, I think it was on Thursday or Friday uh, on the radio show, uh, Paul um, uh, no, uh, Pierre, uh, Paul Arca, he, he destroyed him. I don't know if you heard that interview, comparing him to Trump and uh, like just destroying him. And I think they're doing themselves a disservice of giving him so much attention if they're going to paint him as the Trump of Quebec, thinking that it's going to affect the result negatively for him, I have a feeling they're going to be surprised because it may have the opposite effect. Yeah, Patrick Lagasse had a really good uh, article, a really good column that he put out um, in La Presse uh, just a few days ago going down that same route as well. And I feel that it, it has become, you know, and Eric, I feel that, had he done better candidate recruitment, yeah. had he brought in better players to come and build a real conservative party, uh, I, I think the problem is not him. I don't think he's the problem. I don't. I think he's actually. This is the first time that a openly gay um, person has led a, a real conservative party in Canada. Uh, this he's 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 a he's a social progressive. If you think about it, he. Um, is somebody who I feel is an excellent uh, commentator. He's an excellent communicator. He yeah. he knows how to tap into the hearts and minds of Quebecers because he did that for decades on air. Mm -hmm. uh, he's worked as a political consultant. He's worked as a political attaché in the National Assembly in uh, in in Ottawa as well. He knows exactly what he's doing in terms of his messaging. His fault is that I feel that the PCQ is a victim of his own success in terms of recruiting too many people too quickly and a lot of them were bad apples a lot and that's what's going to hurt him in the long run it's it's again a lot of what the media is going after is is some of it is really what he's saying but most of it 
is what his candidates have said or what but, he yeah. or what Nick said years ago and they're and they're trying to pin him to that but you, know that, today. But you don't see that uh, you don't see that kind of stuff as present as we would have imagined right we thought oh look at the candidates he, they're gonna trip him during this campaign they're gonna but it doesn't seem to be sticking, sticking the, media, the media the media is so focused on eric duem so much that all these little things that may be coming up with his candidates and things that they said or they did or whatever it's not sticking it it's not like it's not derouting his campaign one bit at least, not, think- not, at least not so far yeah, and I think, but just like on last night, I think his performance was pretty solid. I think it sucked that he was the last one to go up because, again, nobody was watching towards 9.30, 9.45, nobody. And and so I think unless they were like hardcore PCQ supporters, so he's already got them in the bag, so that didn't help much. But I, I think they were right to hit him uh, regarding tax cuts. It's it's $25 billion over four years. Uh, it's, it's more than any other party at this point. Uh, and again, they had the liberty of being able to say that, because of course their prospect of actually getting into government and doing a tax cut of that nature is impossible. Um, but but there and and again he was being hit by Patrice Roy a lot on uh, having not uh, released the financial framework uh, yeah. for his, and his costing of the uh, of the actual plan itself. He's saying that he's going to be released in the next few days. Uh, but at the same time, there was a little bit of back and forth in terms of trying to pinpoint, you know, wh- where are your numbers? You know, you showed up to this interview. You're sp- this is going to be one of the largest opportunity for you to speak to Quebecers at large. Millions of people are going to be watching this interview and you didn't bring the books with you. This yeah. isn't good. Yeah. Um, so so I, I think that he really had to defend that, but then also defend himself against the the conspiracy vote being the conspiracy candidate. Um, and, and, and I think that, you know, it was interesting that he was saying like, you know, we don't have a monopoly when it comes to conspiracy whack job, um, you know, uh, supporters. Every, every, every party has a percentage because they, exactly. They yeah, and they, he named, it's funny. He named the, it's funny how he named the Quebec liberal party. He named the Parti Quebecois. I don't think he named the CAC. Yeah, and he did. I think he, uh, he, he, he said like 15% of the CAC. Um, unless that was the P- PLQ, I can't remember. I, I, I can't remember, but my point being is that he's trying to really distinct himself. And again, he doesn't speak a lot about the Quebec Liberals. He doesn't speak about a lot about the PQ, no. but he really tries to, di- to, di- to differentiate himself and make, make Legault the enemy because Legault is, is l'homme de la situation. I'm going to go after him for what he did during COVID. I'm going to go after him for the measures he put in place. I'm going to go after him for the deaths in the, in the long-term, uh, long-term uh, care homes, the CHSLD. I'm going to go after him for all these things we did for, for sanitary measures. I'm going to go after him for uh, the mental health, what he accuses Lego of, the mental health problems that kids are going to have because of closing schools, because of them having to go online. I'm going to go after him for all of this. My, my supporters love it. And I've tapped into a base that feels completely disenfranchised by the other political parties and i know i can take advantage of it the question is will what he was dishing up last night bring more support to him or was it just occurring to his base will it bring more support than let's say um maxime bernier got at the elections last time around with the ppc or does it look just good in terms of the crowd numbers he's able to pull out but those are he has hardcore supporters the question is, does that translate into votes? I think the answer is no. My gut tells me, my gut barometer says it's not going to happen for him. Yeah. I, just to go back to his uh, skill as a communicator, you're right. His main reason for being there is because of everything happening from COVID, because of every, everyone's, you know, his supporters' frustration of the, the situation. And he defends it very well. Um, I found him very strong when it came to uh answering 
the journalist when they were telling him about, yeah, but look at the facts. I mean, the Quebec did well and this and that. And he has every single counter argument when, yeah. when Patrice Roy was talking to him about, well, we followed the science. And he's like, well, okay, well, where's the science about the, the, the curfew? Uh, I'm still waiting for the government to, 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 to tell us, you know, how the curfews scientifically prove uh that the, it, it, it was going it was going to um, uh help the situation like he had all these arguments already prepared um i found him solid uh now back to what you're saying about that 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 support translating in votes i don't know i think it's still very early i have a feeling that he's being very underestimated uh and because of his talent as a communicator when the, the when the when the next debates happen when they're all together Something tells me that he's probably going to shine much more than the other uh, leaders of the of the parties in those debates. I, like if I were running in this campaign as a leader, I'd be careful about Duem much more than anyone else. Um, and I think that's where he's probably going to outshine the the other leaders in those debates. I'm really looking forward to seeing those debates to see how he's going to perform. Well, I think yeah. I know how he's going to perform. He's very solid. I uh, think he's going to be great. Yeah. I, now, how is that going to translate? I think it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna show after those debates. Yeah, uh, George. Let's do uh, a sort of a preview of what the leaders are doing today yeah. on this Labor Day Monday, and then uh, also our wag of the finger, tip of the hat. Mm -hmm. Sound good? Let's go. Okay, so it's day nine of the election campaign. Uh, we again, we saw all of the leaders last night uh, at the Redzokan debates. Uh, Dominique Anglade is going to be going to Trois-Rivières today. She'll be holding a news conference um, and will be visiting the area for the whole day. She's also slated to participate in a 5 set set uh, with um, Les Militants, with activists from the PLQ. Uh, CAC leader François Legault will be in Gatineau, as I mentioned previously, for a press conference. He's going to be also uh, visiting the riding of Chapelot to visit a library. Uh, interesting backdrop for any political leader, of course. Uh, PQ leader Paul Saint-Pierre Plamondon will address uh, the issue of immigration on news conference in Lévis uh, this morning. He'll then be heading to Ramouski, uh, and later on tonight he'll be uh, taking part in a rally in Matin Matapizia, which might be might be the only riding uh, left uh, for the PQ come October 3rd. It's a riding that's currently held by uh, M&A Pascal Berube. As for the Quebec Solidaire, uh, the GND is going to be announced, doing an announcement in Longueuil uh, for his party's policy on housing that he teased last night. So he sort of let the cat out of the bag. Uh, but again, he was speaking to over a million Quebecers. So it sort of made sense to, to, to scoop himself in, the, in this perspective. And then he'll be heading over to the Udaway region uh, later on. Um, and then uh, Quebec Conservative Party leader Eric Duhem will be uh, holding a news conference early in the afternoon in Quebec City concerning tax credits for gyms. Um, he plans to spend the whole day in the Quebec City region. Interesting that Zuem is going to be going uh, doing this tax credit for gyms uh, because, of course, gyms were one of the most uh, yeah. hardest hit during lockdowns. Yeah. He, and again, very controversial in Quebec City. Some gyms that continue to operate exactly. illegally um, once uh, restrictions were imposed on uh, gyms and, and other uh, big um big venues or, or, or medium-sized venues across Quebec during the pandemic. So he definitely knows where to tap into his base and he knows uh, what, what they're, what they're looking for. Exactly. Uh, wag of the finger, uh, finger at uh, tip of the hat. My wag of the finger is going to go out to Mr. Legault. I believe that he uh, last night uh, didn't look at, he, he, he stuck to his message, yeah, but he wasn't, uh, he was a little bit too calm. He was a little bit too collected. And when he did look lively, he did look uh, like he was trying to make a point. I think he, he he did it at the wrong times. 
especially going after Montreal and making this this big every time that he wanted to make a big distinction between um, you know a, a certain region, let's say let's say Lévis in Quebec. Um, he said people in Montreal will not be deciding the decisions for for, for Quebec and Lévis, shaming Montrealers, yeah. really putting them down. Um, and I felt that it's uh, it's it's not a good look. Again, he knows where he's going to be getting votes, yeah. but I remind him too that he has some pretty high profile candidates running in and around the greater Montreal region. Yeah. He is looking to pick up seats on the island of Montreal. I think there's a there are better ways that his team can be making a, a distinction between Montreal and the rest of Quebec. I don't think it's going to be done by uh, by shaming Montreal and and really going after them. And again, his comment that he made uh, to uh, Patrice Roy last night in regards to you know you know Mr. Legault, are people make accusations of you being arrogant. Is that true? Instead of him going, franchement, ben voyons donc, I think he really could have been more calm, more collected and said, again, the pandemic has changed a lot of things for people. It's changed me as a leader. It's changed Quebecers. And I need to learn. It could, it could have been a, a learning moment for him and for him to say, you know what? I need a, a come to Jesus moment. I need to do better. I know that sometimes I can come off a little bit rough. I'm working on it. And I hope people uh, understand that I'm working yeah. on it. Right. And I think that would have been better in terms of a tip of a hat. Again, Zuem, solid performance. I I think that if he continues this type of messaging in terms of communicating with the rest of Quebec, uh, he might might get those three, four, five seats that he's looking to get. Um, it, it, he's still a long way off from even getting one if you look at the polls. But I think the debates do change everything, and I think that this could be a a, a turning point for him if he's able to keep the momentum from the interview last night. Keep it going to the 22nd of September for the next debate. I, I think there's something there. There's something in the water that might might uh, do him well. Yeah, I agree with you. We've been saying from the beginning that I I, the, I feel like he's underestimated from what I'm seeing and from what I'm hearing. Um, wag of the finger. I'll agree with you with um, uh, with Legault, even though I he was a little solid on he from all the leaders. And it's normal. I mean, he's the premier, so obviously he's all the all the attacks are directed to him. He's the one that has to defend the his track record for the last four years and inspire the electorate for the four years that are coming, right? So it's, it's always a difficult position for the premier uh, in debates. But I'll agree with you there. Um, tip of the hat for me, uh, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but it's uh, Gabriel Nadeau Dubois. I think from all of them, he came out measured his communications were on point he was calm he knew his things he knew his answers um despite his young age he showed a lot of maturity uh and again i can like you i can never agree with this party anything anything they say anything that comes out of their mouths <clears throat> but yesterday i gotta give it to him i think he was uh, superior from uh from all the other ones and I and I think too the one thing that I find interesting too just to, on a, on a last comment on this front before we wrap up is is you know as we have a lot of anglophones by virtue of us being anglophones uh, tuning in uh, to the podcast I think that I've always been interested by uh, some of the Anglo supporters and some of the people that are natural federalists that are naturally um, proud to be Canadian uh, supporting Quebec City Dow. And, and I think, uh, he, he really drew a line in the sand last night by saying, I, here's my path going forward for a sovereign Quebec. This is what my plan would be. Uh, you're either with me or you're not. Yeah. And, and I think a lot of Anglo candidates, uh, cause he does have a few Anglo candidates that are running with, with him. 
this time around, I think they're going to start questioning uh, whether or not um, are, are they in the right party? Is the party right for them? Yeah. Uh, do they need to make a do they need to reflect in terms of, of their political choices uh, and their party affiliation? I've always, always been interested um, by by that sort of weird um, you know, the niche, that membership niche of, of those Anglos within the, within the party or people that support Quebec. Yeah. Yeah, like I, like I said, every other election, at least from what I've noticed, they've, they've purposely kind of flown below the radar when it came to, to the issue of, uh, independence. This is the first time that they come out swinging with it. So, uh, I agree with you. Uh, I'm interested to see those dynamics as well. Uh, Michael, thank you. We're going to wrap it up. We're going to be back on Thursday for everyone watching uh, or uh, listening. Head on over to all the platforms, like, subscribe, uh, comment. Let us know what you think. Uh, let us know if there's anything in particular that you want us to discuss. No problem with that. We're open to that. Um, have a good day, Michael. I'll see you on Thursday. Take it easy, George. Ciao.